Hello and welcome back to The Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Google introversion, and you'll come up with an alphabet soup of acronyms. INTJ, INFP, ISTJ, and many more. But another acronym went mainstream way before the interweb was littered with 16 personality type quizzes. HSP. 15 to 20% of people identify as a highly sensitive person. So this week, for everyone who is an HSP or loves an HSP, we'll talk about six ways to thrive. So let's start with some backstory. Imagine it's 1996. You hum along to the Spice Girls wannabe on your Discman as you shop for platform chunky loafers in a store, not online. Because in 1996, Amazon had just started selling books out of Jeff Bezos's Seattle garage, email was barely a thing, and social media wasn't even on the horizon. But then, Dr. Elaine Aaron, a then-unknown psychologist and HSP herself, published a book titled The Highly Sensitive Person, How to Thrive When the World Overwhelms You. Through good old word of mouth, the book climbed the bestseller charts and went through over 35 printings. The world over, HSPs instantly recognized themselves in the pages. And they wrote to Dr. Aaron, saying they read the entire book while standing in the bookstore and thanked her for nothing less than a chance at a new life. Now, some 20 years later, listener Chow Lei wrote in and asked if being a highly sensitive person has been accepted by the psychological community. And the answer is a solid sort of. So HSP floats somewhere between scientific theory and cultural concept. It's not an official diagnosis, but it rings clear and true with millions of people. Plus, the research is stacking up, including a 2014 brain scanning study that found HSPs have greater activation in brain regions involved in awareness, empathy, and integration of sensory information. Now, a parallel concept that's also gone mainstream is neurodiversity, the idea that neurological variation among people is normal and should be respected, like any other human variation, such as height, body shape, skin color, or hair type. And with 15 to 20% of the population estimated to be highly sensitive, HSPs are part of this diversity. Now, the term highly sensitive person means exactly what it sounds like. If you're an HSP, you have a highly sensitive nervous system and are more reactive to stimuli. Your antennae are finely tuned, your receptors are permanently turned to high, and your empathy is strong. Therefore, you pick up on things in the environment easily and feel them deeply. This can be a plus. You likely have a rich inner life, are deeply moved by art and music, and pick up on subtle shifts in your environment or in other people. But it also means getting easily overwhelmed and feeling frazzled and exhausted when your less sensitive friends are just hitting their stride. It can be rough being an HSP in today's loud, fast-paced world. And one study even found that higher sensitivity goes along with higher levels of stress and greater health problems. And that's not great news. So what to do? If you're an HSP, should you challenge yourself or give yourself a break? Should you fight your sensitive nature? Or acquiesce? And the short answer is all of the above. Here are six ways to navigate the world if you're highly sensitive. Tip number one 
is balance, working around, pushing through, and staying in. Being an HSP can be tough. Sometimes there is an urge to retreat from the world, to stay secluded in order to feel calm and clear-headed. But in her book, Erin relates the story a meditation teacher once told her. A man wanted a life free of stress, so he went to live in a cave to meditate for the rest of his days and nights. But his stress-free existence was foiled by the sound of dripping water in the cave. The moral? Stress comes with you. So rather than escaping, we need a new way to live with stress. So you can deal with the stress and overstimulation in three ways. The first is the workaround, changing how you interact with the environment to suit your sensitivity. Just make sure your methods don't cost you more than they buy you. So for example, earplugs on the subway are fine if you're alone, but if they force you and your friend to sit in silence until you reach your stop, they're not worth it. If you need to take a walk outside during the lunch break at a busy conference, great. But if lunch is your only unstructured time to network, you may be missing out. Shop online to protect yourself from the overwhelm of the mall but not if you need to buy stuff you really need to experience in person, like a car, a sofa, or a Weimaran or puppy. So when you can't do the workaround, try habituation, which is just a technical term for getting used to something. Habituation really works. The more often you practice something, the easier it becomes. So in other words, to tolerate the world, get involved in the world. You might always hate Ikea, getting yelled at, or running the gauntlet of perfume salespeople at a department store, but practice and repetition can help you get used to necessary evils like constructive criticism at work, the Muzak at your otherwise favorite restaurant, or your beloved grandbaby's inevitable drooly stickiness. Third is good old recharging. This really works too. Go out to meet the world, then come home to recharge. Revel in peace and quiet. But beware the paradox of rest. Too much inactivity can make you feel sluggish and bored. So stay in as long as it feels good, but push out again before you start to feel lethargic and depressed. So the correct balance of working around, pushing through, and staying in to recharge is a moving target. The perfect mix will change from season to season with different life events like a new job or a move or simply as the years go by. But keep them all on hand, and you'll have what you need to keep yourself engaged with the world without getting steamrolled by it. Okay, so next, tip number two is own your fun. For an HSP, fun is not braving the crowds to watch the ball drop in Times Square on New Year's Eve, crowd surfing at a thrash metal concert, or seeing a double feature of Stephen King films. HSPs have a much quieter idea of fun. Reading, gardening, making a great meal, hanging with a couple of good friends. These may seem overly restrained or even uptight compared to typical Western culture, but when you feel deeply, small ripples feel like big waves. So own your idea of fun. Don't feel bad or guilty that you're not into bar hopping, you hate karaoke, and you'd rather go for a long hike than join a loud Zumba class. Proudly host a game night with a few friends, relax with some music, or curl up with a good book. Tip number three is rest like you mean it. HSPs tend to be conscientious and dutiful, so it's hard to say hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go, when there are still last details to attend to or loose ends to tie up. But overwork is particularly toxic to an HSP. 
So one way to combat this is to relax and have, as we talked about, your idea of fun. But another is simply to sleep. Jangled nerves or intense reflections from the day can cause insomnia or otherwise make it hard for HSPs to sleep. But sleep is exactly what HSPs need to recharge. So use that same dutifulness to schedule going to bed as if it were an obligation. If you feel like you're shirking your duties, remember that rest is doing something. Use that finely honed sense of your own inner workings to sense when you're getting irritable, having trouble concentrating, or otherwise feeling fatigued. And then rest like you mean it. Tip number four is stop before the last straw. Do you routinely drive your car until it runs out of gas, leaving you stranded on the side of a highway? Do you routinely use your phone until the battery dies, leaving you tethered to a random public power outlet? Of course not. You fill up on gas before the indicator reads empty, and you charge your phone overnight on your bedstand. So why do anything different with your stamina? Allow yourself to protect your own health, energy, and sanity. Maybe you show up to parties, connect with the people you're there to see, and then head out. Maybe you arrange with your boss that you'll show up the crack of dawn to take advantage of quiet early morning hours and then leave mid-afternoon. Maybe yoga on Sundays and Wednesdays is a permanent feature in your calendar. Rather than pushing yourself to keep up with non-HSPs and then burning out, keep a close eye on your energy and use smart tactics to maintain it, which then allows you to keep showing up. Tip number five is deliberately soothe your body systems. A quick way to soothe yourself physically is to use some on-the-go biofeedback. So find your pulse in your neck or your wrist and then take a slow breath in. Then, keeping your mouth closed, exhale slowly and audibly, making a sound in the back of your throat as if you were trying to fog your glasses or a window. So draw out this exhale as long as you can, and as you do, feel your pulse slow. Then repeat. Your respiratory system is one of the few organ systems you can access both unconsciously and consciously. You don't have to think about breathing. You do it automatically. But you can also deliberately speed up or slow down your breathing, which grants you access to the package deal of all your other organ systems. So breathe slowly, which in turn calms your heart rate, which in turn calms all your other systems, including frazzled nerves and overwhelmed senses. And finally, tip number six is don't blame yourself. In an excellent analogy, Erin asks the reader to imagine she is cold. She can do a lot of things in this situation. She can put on a down vest, she can turn up the heat, she can make a cup of hot tea, or she can simply tolerate it until she can escape somewhere warmer. All these things make sense. What wouldn't make sense is blaming herself for being more susceptible to cold because she perceives herself as weak or inherently inadequate. That would only compound the problem. The point, don't beat yourself up. Your neurology grants you access to a rich life. You care profoundly about others. You can be moved deeply by the arts and literature, and you're conscientious and detail-oriented, a trait that brings success in many endeavors. In short, the world may feel overwhelming at times, but take care of yourself so you can contribute your many gifts to it. You can take Elaine Aaron's quiz to find out if you're highly sensitive at 
quickanddirtytips.com slash savvy hyphen psychologist and clicking on this week's episode. Also, many HSPs identify as being shy, introverted, or socially anxious. So if that is you or someone you love, go to ellenhendrickson.com, sign up with your email address, and I will send you a seven-day mini course on the seven myths of social anxiety and how to bust them. You will get concrete skills you can use to fight social anxiety that you won't find on the podcast. And of course, thank you so much for making The Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. Never miss an episode when you sign up for the newsletter at quickanddirtytips.com slash newsletters, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, listen on Spotify or SoundCloud, or you can like on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at QDT Savvy Psych, or follow me at Ellen Hendrickson. As always, The Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you all next Friday for a happier, healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called The Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast.com because healing begins the first time you listen.